Slap down. A federal appeals court last week didn't give professional politicians and lobbyists any satisfaction in response to their call to abolish Michigan's popular tournaments law in their state legislature. Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the tournaments movement for the week of November 22nd, 2021. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Happy Thanksgiving. Also, last week, we saw some more progress in Purple, Pennsylvania, where the term limits convention bill picked up additional bipartisan support from some political heavy hitters. Let's get started. In last week's podcast, we shared some of the hearings on H.R. 57, the resolution being considered in the Pennsylvania House that would make an official application for an amendment proposing convention under Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. That's right, the term limits convention. The Constitution requires that two-thirds or 34 states make such a call to make the meeting happen. Well, our own Ken Quinn was there and addressed the Pennsylvania House State Government Subcommittee on Campaign Finance and Elections, along with uh, Mike Riley, our Pennsylvania-based legislative advocate. These guys really knocked the ball out of the park, as you heard. Uh, Of course, I know, I'm biased. But it isn't just me. Shortly after the hearings, the co-chair of the committee signed on the tournaments convention bill as a co-sponsor. This is significant. Representative Malcolm Kenyatta is a Democrat, and he provides further evidence of the bipartisan popularity of the resolution. He also has a voice outside the Pennsylvania state legislature, as he is an announced candidate for the U.S. Senate. But that's not all. Last week, we, U.S. tournaments, announced that Former state senators Andrew Dinneman and John Eichelberger Jr. have agreed to be the Pennsylvania state co-chairs for U.S. term limits. Now, Dinneman's a Democrat and Eichelberger a Republican. Their number one mission is to help convince the Pennsylvania state legislature to make this call for the term limits convention. I like Eichelberger's quote from our uh, release. You know, he says... We have members of Congress who were first elected when the Ford Pinto was the best-selling car in America and the 8-track tape was the next big thing. I can think of no better argument for tournaments than that. Serving in Congress has become for many a lucrative, lifelong job rather than a public service. Term limits will help end career politicians and make Congress work better for all Americans. Hear, hear. And this was echoed by um, Senator Dinneman who pointed out that in this polarized political atmosphere, it's refreshing to see Democrats and Republicans working together. Term limits for Congress is one issue that all Americans agree on. Show enough. Now, both of these gentlemen served in the Senate um, in the 2000s. Andrew Dinneman left the Senate in 2020, and Eichelberger left in 2018. So they are well-known former senators from the state, and when they're knocking on doors, people will know and respect them and give them a listen. So we're very excited to have these two heavy hitters, one representing each party, to uh, be making those calls on their former colleagues. Exciting stuff going on in Pennsylvania. Now on to our slap down in Michigan. Hmm. You know, a group of former Michigan legislators, now nearly all lobbyists, and you've heard us tell this story on, on this podcast before, They've been peddling a lawsuit over the last couple of years that claims that the Michigan tournaments law, that it somehow violates their rights as politicians to hold office. Their rights as politicians to hold office. Well, last week, the 6th District Court of Appeals, in no uncertain terms, yeah, that's right, in no uncertain terms, 
shut down this sleazy uprising of we the politicians against the people. Let's cut to U.S. Tournament's Executive Director Nick Tambalides and a special guest to give us the full story. Just a little background. Michigan has the shortest legislative term limits in the country, a.k.a. the best term limits in the country. And that really infuriates the political class because they want a gig for life. They want the salary, the pension, the perks, the privilege. Michigan legislators are some of the highest paid in America. What do they make, Scott? 70? Mid-70s, yes, for regular members. Leadership makes more. Mid-70s, that's unheard of in state legislatures. Some state legislatures don't get paid at all. So basically, we've got bitter, angry, corrupt politicians who brought a complaint in federal court arguing that all term limits are unconstitutional. (laughs) And they lost at the district level, federal court. They filed an appeal. And now, this is breaking news, they've lost in federal appeals court as well. Judge Amol Thapar, who is a Trump appointee in the Sixth Circuit, affirmed the lower court's ruling. He said the term limits enacted by the people of Michigan 30 years ago are constitutional. People have a right to term limit government, to stop career politicians, stop special interests. Scott Tillman, you are not only the U.S. Term Limits National Field Director, but you are a Michigan resident, which means term limits are very near and dear to you. You've got your ear to the ground on this. What's your reaction to this ruling? Well, we're very excited. So as you know, when these go to the Court of Appeals, there's normally a panel. So this is actually a panel of three judges. And one judge was a Clinton appointee, another was a Bush appointee, and uh, the, the third, the one who wrote the, the decision, was uh, a Trump appointee. But they all concurred. And uh, it was a great decision. We don't often see decisions with this many juicy quotes in it, but this one was a great one because this judge clearly understood what was going on, and all three judges clearly understood what was going on. You know that a group of legislators, uh, former legislators, is really frustrated that they, uh, uh, as he put it, I mean, they've been promoted back to citizens, you know, and they have the opportunity to go and participate just like regular citizens, and it's not a privilege that you're entitled to to be a legislator. And especially in Michigan, we have written it into our Constitution that we have an interest in having a citizen legislator and not a class of, you know, political lifers that is going to go there and and make the rules for everybody else in Lansing. And it was so nice to see the judge affirm that, you know, the the panel affirm that and to, you know, shoot him down. I want to say there was eight legislators, former legislators that were on this, like six or seven of them were turned to lobbying after they got done being legislators. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, you know, it's it's unbelievable that they have this sense of entitlement. I think these legislators were also, some of them were arguing that, you know, well, if we got rid of term limits, uh, legislators would not become lobbyists. And I'm like, well, who held a, a gun to your head and told you that you had to be a lobbyist, right? It's, it's like you could have gone back and gotten a normal job if you wanted to. That's right. Uh, One thing that people don't take into account a lot of the time is that it really shortens the shelf life of a politician as a lobbyist when you put term limits in. You know, it's like when you leave the legislature, you know, automatically in Michigan where you can serve two Senate terms or three House terms. Well, if you're in the House for six years and you leave the legislature, the maximum amount of people you're going to know from having worked with them in the legislature is going to be two thirds of the house. I mean, not maximum because there might, you know, different years, you get different uh, number of people leaving, but about two thirds of those people, um, one third of those people will be gone that year. When you leave, two thirds of them will be gone in two years. And in four years, they'll all be gone. So it's like when you, you know, you leave high school, you go on to college and then you come home for homecoming, you know, the homecoming game and you go to the party after the game. And yeah, you know, a whole lot of people because you were a senior last year. 
But three years later when you come back, now you're the creepy old dude who maybe shouldn't be hanging out with the high school kids at the high school party when you come home. And a lot of these legislators, you know, their shelf life goes down. They turn into the creepy old dude who, yeah, I was here so many years ago trying to relive my glory days. And, uh, hey, it's time to move on and get back to regular life. You know, you don't (laughs) you're getting a little bit creepy on everybody over here. Yeah, and it's not like these legislators really have any kind of specialized knowledge. I mean, they're just getting paid because they've got the relationships, because they've got the Rolodex, uh, and they're just capitalizing on those those relationships they've built up over their, their short tenure in office, and they hate the fact that if they want to be a lobbyist, they have to go out and, and learn all these new faces, learn all these new names and phone numbers, and really have to work at this job rather than having it just come easy to them. Um, so in this ruling... The judge, uh, Judge Thapar, he said Benjamin Franklin was a supporter of term limits, and he proposed it uh, when this country was founded. He was basically implying, how can you possibly say term limits are unconstitutional when the people who wrote the Constitution were in favor of it? What did you think of that? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, You know, the founders discussed this issue, and it came up the only reason that it wasn't passed, you know, at the founding was because it was really tough to get to Washington and— they didn't think that they would be able to find people to go. But now, as we know, that it's impossible to drag them away, kicking and screaming. They don't leave Washington when they're done in Washington. They go to Washington, and then they, when they leave or when they finally get gerrymandered out of their seat or whatever causes them to finally have to go, they stay there and cash in, monetize those relationships. And uh, same thing in Michigan. If we're not sending people home on a regular basis, then they get down to Lansing and they decide that they're entitled and they're going to be there and own that city and that somehow it belongs to them. And uh, they're not leaving to go home. It's not hard to find people to go and, and participate. It's harder to get them to quit using the advantages they found in Lansing for personal gain. And that's one of the big things that term limits does is it you know stops them from taking advantage of the system after they learn it. Yeah, and this entire case was just like dripping with irony because the argument these politicians and lobbyists made was, well, we don't want to take away the voters' choices, but is that not exactly what these politicians themselves are attempting to do here? Because it was Michigan voters who put term limits on the ballot in 1992. It was 2.5 million Michigan voters who passed it into law. That's the grand irony in all of this, that they claim to be for the voters, and yet here they are in court trying to get three people in black robes to disenfranchise the millions of voters who wanted term limits. That's right. Uh, the people of Michigan have decided that, you know, we want certain conditions on being a legislator here, and one of those conditions is going to help us to have a citizen legislature, and that is, you know, term limits. And we, we want you to leave after a certain amount of time so that you're not there learning how to game the system and fill your pockets. You know, it's been said there are two certainties in life, death and taxes. I think there are three, death taxes and politicians scheming to get around their own term limits. Um, So I'm guessing this is not the last we'll see of this. You know, maybe they'll appeal. I think the Supreme Court would lay the smack down on them, just like the appeals court did here. Because the judge said, hey guys, if you hate term limits that much... Here's what you can do. You can go ask the people of Michigan to vote to repeal it. Now, of course, the chances of that happening, you know, pigs are going to fly before that happens. But why do you think they haven't gone back to the voters yet? Is it because they know they will lose in a landslide if they try to repeal term limits at the ballot box? They do. This this challenge was essentially, you know, a retake on a challenge that 
they lost back in 1998. Different group of legislators, same arguments. They want to somehow undermine the will of the people because they know, they have a knowledge that they can't go back to the people and get the vote to change. I mean, they have no problem raising money to do what they want to do. They would be able to raise the money to try to put this on the ballot, but they know, and they do the polling, and they've checked, and they know that nobody is going to vote to overturn this. Nobody is going to vote to change this. People enjoy the turmoils that we have. We like the turmoils we have. We like having a citizen legislator. We like representatives that are accountable to the people. We like it when somebody new can run for office and, and with less than five or $10,000 can go out and knock the doors and actually win because they're not up against a machine that's impossible to beat, like in other states. Couldn't agree more. Hey, this is a victory for Michigan. It's a victory for term limit supporters everywhere. Um, we want to give a shout out to the people who've been involved in Michigan term limits since the very beginning. Patrick Anderson, Kurt O'Keefe, Greg Schmidt. These were the guys who were instrumental in getting it on the ballot and passing it back in 1992. And they've fought hard for term limits every step of the way and continue to do so today. Um, and you're in that group as well, Scott. So uh, thank you for your time. Any last words on Michigan term limits? Well, we're here. The people of the state of Michigan like term limits. There are people who were involved in 1992, and there's people who have been involved between then and now, and there are more people getting involved now. There's still initiatives in Michigan passing for term limits on city government around the state. Term limits in Michigan are something that the people enjoy, the people like. It makes us happy. We're going to keep it. We're going to expand it where we can. And when I say expand it, I mean add more term limits to different levels of government. And legislators need to accept that. And the lobbyists need to accept it, too. We're keeping our term limits. We love them. Go home and leave us alone. And here's an idea for all these Michigan legislators, since it appears they have a lot of time on their hands. Uh, instead of trying to bring Washington, D.C.'s problems to Michigan by repealing term limits, you guys should try to bring Michigan's term limits to Congress, because uh, that would be one hell of an idea. And now... An important message from the comical wizards at ReasonTV.com. This election, your choice couldn't be more important. Our candidate is in flattering lighting and full bright color. Their candidate is in grainy high contrast black and white. Spotted through a telephoto lens from behind a bush. Coming back from God only knows where. Our guy points at the horizon and holds a baby. Their guy doesn't have a baby. Their guy has a golf club. The voiceover for our guy is calm. Measured, bright, their guy gets the lower register. And sometimes, we slow down. Our guy has clean headlines and the beautiful lens flare America needs. Here's a scary graph over a photo of their guy awkwardly laughing. Snap zoom. Do you want a snap zoom like that in office? Here's a photo of our guy saluting military veterans. Jump cuts, flashes, static, aggressive colors. You can't trust a guy with graphics like this. Our guy gets stock footage of sunrises and an American flag. Their guy's flag is upside down and on fire. Intercut with overdue bills, war, and a crying baby. Our guy gets doctors and astronauts and stimulus checks. Flatline, an eagle, hurricane, the Statue of Liberty, crime scene tape, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, a girl running in a wheat field to escape a dangerous sexual predator, wielding atomic bomb. This election, the choice is yours. Their guy or our guy. Inspiring slogan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The Turn Limits Convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the Turn Limits movement. To check on the status of the Turn Limits Convention resolution in your state, go to turnlimits.com slash take action. 
There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a Take Action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution, or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. Term Limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimits.com slash donate. termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. STL. Yeah.